0: Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. We're going to continue tonight, or actually we're going to conclude the series that we've been on called uh, Getting How to Get Results in Prayer. Who's enjoyed this series so far? I really believe it's such a powerful thing to do and to, to understand because a lot of times, you know, when we think about prayer, sometimes, unfortunately, people get frustrated when they think about prayer because all they think about are the prayers that haven't been answered yet. And so when we think about prayers, maybe you get frustrated or maybe you get discouraged because, you know, you have not you don't, you, you see it from that perspective. But we've been on how to get results in prayer because we understand this, is that prayer does work. Amen? Amen. And when we understand how to get results in prayer and how to be in alignment with the Holy Spirit and alignment with Jesus, we will see His will come to pass. And so we're in the final part tonight. So can you stand to your feet? We're going to pick up in Luke chapter 7. Thank you for standing in honor of reading God's Word. We're in Luke chapter 7, verse 1. Luke chapter 7, verse 1. It reads this. Since when Jesus had finished saying all this to the people, he returned to Capernaum. Now, Capernaum is a special place to Jesus because this is actually where Jesus spent his adult life. Uh, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. He grew up in Nazareth, but he spent his adult life in Capernaum. So whenever anything takes place in Capernaum, just know with that context in mind that these people are very familiar with Jesus before his ministry. So that's not why sometimes you can sense or, or see when people lack faith because they knew Jesus before his ministry. Verse 2, it says, At the time, the, high, uh, the highly valued slave of a Roman officer was sick and near death. When the officer heard about Jesus, he sent some respected Jewish elders to ask him to come and to heal his slave. So they earnestly begged Jesus to help the man. If anyone deserves your help, he does, they said. For he loves the Jewish people and even built a synagogue for us. So Jesus went with them, but just before they arrived at the house, the officer sent some friends to say, Lord, don't trouble yourself by coming to my home, for I am not worthy of such an honor. I'm not even worthy to come and meet you. Just say the word from where you are, and my servants will be healed. Verse 8 said I know this because I'm under the authority everybody say authority of my superior officers and I have authority one more time everybody say authority over my soldiers now and um Different passage of scripture that records the same story. I know Luke uses the word um, officer, but he is referred to as a centurion in the other passage. And so that this is in context to keep in mind as we continue. He says, I have authority over my soldiers, and I only need to say go and they go, or come and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Everybody say amazed. He was amazed, turning to the crowd that was following him, and he said, I tell you, I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. And when the officer's friends returned to his house, they found the slave completely healed, completely healed. The title for tonight is this. We're concluding this series with this. Everybody say, Applying Our Authority applying our authority come on let's pray together Father, we thank you for what you're doing in this place tonight, God. We dedicate this moment towards you, Father. We thank you for any distractions right now. We are removing them in the name of Jesus. Father, if there's any kind of anxiety about our day, God, let that be lifted from us right now. But, Father, we pray right now for your Holy Spirit to take over. God, we are just willing vessels. We're your hands and feet, Father. Let your will be done in this place. We thank you for miracles, signs, and wonders, God. We thank you, Father, for freedom. We thank you for transformation. We thank you, Jesus, that you are going to have your way and that we are going to see fruit, God, come out of this message, out of tonight, out of us as being in your presence, Father, us as aligning with you. And Jesus, we pray earnestly, Father, as we get close to college football season, God, let your hand of favor be over the Texas Longhorns, God. Because, Father, Lord, you know my Saturdays will be better if they win, Father. We ask you that in the name of Jesus. And everybody says, "Amen, Amen." Come on, y'all can be seated. Y'all can be seated. Thank y'all for standing for the Word of God. That last part of the prayer might be for me, but is anybody excited about college football this weekend? Or is it just me? Okay, because it starts this Saturday, and um, a lot of times people. can sometimes I talk. Oh, well, a lot of times I talk about sports and and. A lot of people are like, wow, why, why do you always have that on your mind or whatever? But what people need to understand, and my parents aren't here tonight, but uh, my dad was actually a sports writer for almost 30 years. And so I grew up in a house revolved around sports. And I remember that every weekend we would always go to some kind of football game or basketball game or baseball game, volleyball game, you name it. You know, every weekend or so we would go. And one of the cool things about having a dad who is a sports writer is that he had uh, special access uh, when it came to the game. Uh, one of the cool things was uh, that uh, when we would go and, and, and attend the game that he was covering or the player that he was he was covering, because he was a sports writer, he had what was called a press pass, if anybody's heard of that. And what that press pass allowed him to do, or gave him the authority to, to have, was access to the field. And so I felt like the coolest eight-year-old, nine-year-old, ten-year-old ever, because the security would be keeping back all these people trying to get on the field, but because we had that press pass, it gave us the authority to have access to the field. And so I felt like the coolest kid ever, all right? All these kids were looking at me jealous because I'm to be able to go on the field, on the football field, or I'm able to be on the sidelines during the game. And so it gave us that, that, that special access uh, to the field. And, and really, when we think about authority, that's really what it is, is that authority is what gives us access to what is otherwise unattainable, Right? Authority is what gives us access to what is otherwise unattainable, because if you've ever seen somebody try to storm the field without having the authority to be on that football field, who knows what happens? They get tackled by security, and then they get arrested, right? I don't know if you've ever seen a video of of a crazy fan jumping on the field and running around crazy, and then they're running around, they're going like this to their friends, and you just see a security officer go, boom, and like tackle them. I've seen many of those videos, maybe too many. But they didn't have authority to be there, so therefore they didn't have access. So they weren't supposed to have access to the field. But when I was thinking about the understanding that this Roman centurion had about authority, it made me think about if a press pass gave somebody the authority to have access to the field, how much more does the authority of Jesus give access to his power? How much more does the authority that we receive from God give us access to what would otherwise be unattainable? How much more would that give us access to areas of our life to, to power? Will it to be understanding? Will it be to revelation? Would it be to peace? I mean, come on, some of the greatest power you can have is peace. That can be one of the greatest strength you can rely on is when everybody's going crazy, you still have your peace. Right, because you have a special access to it from Jesus. And, and what happens is that us as children of God, we might have that authority. But since we're not applying the authority that we have in the name of Jesus, we don't have the access to the things that we should. It seems like even though we have the authority of Jesus on the inside of us, we are still struggling to access the peace that Jesus has for us, So we're struggling to have the confidence that Jesus supplies through his identity. And although we have maybe the authority on the inside of us, because we're not applying it, then we don't have access to what Jesus has provided for us. And what's the point of having authority if we're not applying the authority that we have? What's the point of us saying all these things and reciting all this scripture if we're not applying the power that are in those words? If we're not applying the power that Jesus has given us through the authority of his name for things that might be messing with us, or things that try to come against us, that we have the authority for those to submit, not to us, but to Jesus. But what tonight what we're going to look at is how we can apply. Everybody say Apply. Apply our authority. So this Roman officer in the other passages of Scripture describes him as a centurion. This, this Roman centurion, he approaches Jesus and it says that he understands authority. And this is where it says, and we can revisit in verse 7. It says, in, I, he said, I am not even worthy to, co- to come and to meet you. He said, just say the word from where you are, and my servants will be healed. He said this in verse 8. He said, I know this because I am under, everybody say under. I am under the authority of my superior officers, and I have, everybody say have, and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go, and they go, and when I say come, they come. So this centurion he understood the authority that he had and he said this he said not only do i have authority but i am under authority and he understood how authority worked he understood how authority he understood what took place when somebody said they had authority and we're gonna go deeper into that a little bit later but I wanted to look real quickly to bring understanding is how did the centurion understand authority? Why, why did he understand authority? Because you can't say, well, he was a prophet because he was a Roman citizen. He wasn't from Jewish descent. You couldn't say, well, he, he fully understood everything that was taught. But he was on the outside looking in, right? He was, he was a Gentile, not a Jew. So how did he understand authority? Well, if you look, a centurion, what their role was, despite popular belief, I used to think a centurion meant that you were over a century, right? A hundred soldiers, but after studying, it says a centurion was actually closer to 80 soldiers, and so a centurion, his authority was over 80 different soldiers, but it goes even deeper than that because he was a part of a much bigger whole than just his 80 soldiers, And how the Roman army was actually organized is that they would have what was called legions of Roman soldiers. And one legion of Roman soldiers was made up of 60 centuries or Uh, of soldiers totaling to about 5,000 people. And so how it was kind of broken up that the hierarchy or the ranking of the Roman army is that the centurion was over his 80 people, and there was about 60 of those centuries making up of a legion. And it breaks down into ranks of the Roman army. And I just want to illustrate this real quickly because I think it will bring us better clarity of how this Roman centurion understood authority. But I have a quick graphic of what it looks like of the ranks of the Roman army the first rank was soldiers everybody say soldiers so soldiers was this you know your everyday Roman soldier it was that these were the soldiers who who spat on Jesus these were the soldiers who who throughout scripture they were just the the everyday normal soldiers but then in the second rank was the centurions everybody say centurions now the centurions is our dude we're talking about all right the centurion that's, that's the guy who says that he understood authority. So if you look, and it's from looking at those first two places on that pyramid, if you look, a centurion is not that highly ranked in the Roman army. But I believe that is what led him to understand authority because he said, I'm not only in authority but i am under authority so i understand that when my officers tell me to do something i do it but at the same time when i tell my soldiers to do something they do it because i understand how the hierarchy of authority works real quickly the next one is what was called tribunes now these people there's about six of them in each legion and they each were over about 10 different centuries and those were the direct people that the centurions reported to and the next level, uh, they were called legates, and they were actually the ones who was over the whole legion. And so these these six or so tribunes reported to the legate. He was over the five thousand soldiers in total. And then the next level was the general. Now the general in the Roman army was the one who was over all the legions. They had they had. A, At different times of their history, they had anywhere from from 20 to 50 legions of Roman soldiers. And so the general was over all of them. And then finally at the top was Caesar. Now Caesar was over all of Rome. Now the reason why I broke that down real quickly is because what the centurion understood is that you cannot have authority until you are first under authority. He understood that the reason why his voice carried weight was because he was under authority that led to Caesar. He understood that when he said something to the people that were under his authority, it was in the same weight that would carry if Caesar himself told them to do it. See, he understood Authority. He understood that that is what allowed him to walk in that influence, is that he was submitted to an authority higher than himself. And that was able for him to influence on others. And so this centurion, he understands authority, okay? He understands how it works. He understands you only have authority if you are first under authority. And so the centurion is looking around and he sees his his dying slave, right? We're painting a picture right now. He sees that his slave is dying, and he says, and what comes to his mind, because this is how his mind works. He understood authority. He sees his slave dying and about to be, the scripture says he was he was about to die, and he sees his, his, his slave in that pain, and he says, I need to find somebody who has the authority to help him. I need to find somebody who has the authority over sickness and disease. Because here's the thing, he could have brought that slave to Caesar, and Caesar couldn't have done anything, right? He could have brought that slave to Caesar and said, hey, well, you heal him of his sickness, and there's nothing that he could do. But he heard about a man named Jesus, that when he spoke, his authority changed the atmosphere, That his authority calmed the storm and the waves. That his authority caused the blind eyes to open. His authority caused the lame to walk. His authority that he had caused what was dead to come alive. Come on, who's thankful for the authority that we have in the name of Jesus? And so this Roman centurion, he understands how authority works. And so he says, I need to find somebody who has the authority to make a difference. I need to find somebody who has the authority over sickness and disease. So he hears about Jesus. He hears that Jesus is on his way. And because he understands what authority is, he says, look, you don't even have to come and go into my house, nor do I even have to talk to you. You say the word, and it will happen. You say him to be healed, and he will be healed. Why? Because he understood authority, and he understood authority how it works Matthew 28 18 says this it says Jesus came to them and spoke saying all everybody say all all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth so this Roman centurion he understood authority and Jesus has all authority so instead of him taking his problem to the wrong solution he took his problem to the right solution who has all the authority Because Jesus has authority over sickness. He has authority over disease. I don't know what you're struggling with, but can I say Jesus has authority over it? I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what's fighting against you. But it doesn't matter what it is. Matthew 28, 18 said Jesus has all authority. It doesn't say he has some authority. It doesn't say he only has authority over some things. But when it comes to finances, when it comes to provision, when it comes to different things like that, he doesn't have authority. No, Jesus said I have all authority. First thing we have to understand when we... Apply our authorities. Point one is that Jesus has the ultimate. Everybody say ultimate. Jesus has the ultimate authority. Jesus has the ultimate authority. It's not the right point, nor the point that's on my in my message. But Jesus will work it out. Jesus has the ultimate authority. When we understand that Jesus has the final say, you will understand where you need to go when you have a problem, when you have something pushed back, when you have something that's not adding up, when you have something that's not... Because here's what here, here's where we get confused is that we bring our problems to people, to things, to solutions to the world who has no authority. We have a problem going on in our life, and instead of bringing it to Jesus who has all authority, we think, well, well if I just say this to the right person, or if I just get enough resources, or if I just try to get this to the culture of the world in the right way, maybe they'll have the authority, but they don't have the authority to begin to bring fruition and to begin healing to our situation. Jesus has the authority. Imagine this. Imagine this. Imagine if the centurion would have taken, right, his servant to Caesar, right? His servant would have died. How many times have we brought our problems to the wrong places of authority, and because of that, our problems, what we hope for, even sometimes what we prayed for, because we're not bringing it to the right authority, it shuts down, it dies, and it doesn't work out. And then we wonder why, hey, what is taking place? No, we have to submit to the right authority. That is why whenever things begin to break down, that is why whenever thing, when things don't begin to go in the right direction or when things aren't working out how, how I hoped it would, instead of me bringing it to people, instead of me trying to bring it to politics or trying to bring it into different places, I say, I know who has the authority to fix what's broken. I know who has the authority to heal what's hurt. I know who has the authority to resurrect whatever feels like is dying in my life, and that's the name of Jesus. That's a name above all names. That's a name that when we shout out the name of Jesus, spirits begin to tremble. We have to know and understand that Jesus has all the authority. In the same way that the centurion was under authority, but also in authority. In the same way, it's a reflection of us. Not only are we in authority, but here's the key thing. We are under. Everybody say under. We are under authority. I showed that pyramid, that Roman army hierarchy, and it it showed how the authority was given and where it came from, but that was for the army of Rome. Are you ready to see what the army of God looks like and where our authority comes from? Well, I hope you do because we have it. So here's what the army of God looks like and the authority. First, I want to start with the top this time. So first of all, we just went over it. The ultimate authority is in the name of Jesus. The ultimate authority is in his name, no other name. All knees shall so bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So Jesus is the ultimate authority, and we can find that in Matthew 28:18. But in the next level of authority is the church. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's you. That's you. Look at what Luke chapter 10, verse uh, 17 through 19 says. Luke chapter 10, 17 through 19, it says this. It says, then the 70 returned uh, with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. You see Jesus sent out these 72 to different regions and said go out and he sent them out in pairs and he said go out and begin to to minister begin to speak in my name and see what takes place and they came back and he said even the even the demons are subject to us in your name verse 18 and he said to them I, he said I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven I think he was just saying that just to say hey look I know exactly where he belongs. He doesn't belong on the top of our minds, but beneath our feet. And he, re- and he reminds that in verse, 18, in verse 19. And he says, behold, I give you the authority. Everybody say authority. To trample. Everybody say trample. On serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing. Everybody say nothing. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Come on, give Jesus a shout of praise. If you're thankful for the authority that we have in his name. So Jesus says, I have given you the authority to trample. I have given you the authority to to, to have the strength and the power and dominion over what is around you. See, when we are aligned with him, when we make sure that we are under his authority, then guess what? Then we have authority. When we make sure that we are aligned with Jesus, that's what gives us the empowerment to then begin to speak against things that are coming against us and they have to obey. Why? It's not because of our voice or our name. It's because of the name of Jesus. But notice Jesus didn't say that we would tiptoe on serpents and scorpions, right? I feel like sometimes that's how we live life, like, you know, Like trying to sneak by in life and trying to, like, I'm trying to avoid the enemy here. I'm trying to avoid this. his. No, we're called to trample. Everybody say trample. trample. Trample on serpents and scorpions. What does that mean? It means that we're meant to dominate every space, every place, every atmosphere, and every environment. That means when we walk in the name and authority of Jesus, everything has to submit to that name. That we don't have to live this life tiptoeing around. We don't have to, to have to live this Christian life trying to act like that we don't have the authority on the inside of us. No, we do have the authority. And we're called to trample on every demonic force. We're called to trample on every weapon. We're called to trample on every lie. We're called to trample on anything that the enemy tries to come against you with. We are called to trample it, put it beneath our feet, and begin to remind the enemy who has the authority in this place. See, he said that nothing will hurt us. When you have true authority, when you really begin to walk in the authority that Jesus had, it doesn't matter what the enemy tries to do against you. It won't matter what the world tries, it, it won't matter the weapon for it, won't matter. Because in the end. Jesus has the final say. Because in the end, at the end of the day, when everything has been stacked up against you, when, all, when the enemy tries to gather all his weapons and forces and come against you, in the end, it's in no comparison to who is for us and on the inside of us and authority that we have. And Jesus said, nothing will hurt you when you walk in your authority. When you walk in the authority that he has for us. Because you when you walk in that authority, you begin to change the environment and the atmosphere that's around you. One of the ways I can tell I need to begin to maybe go deeper in my prayer life or maybe I need to, maybe I need to slow down. I've been too busy today. I just need to pray and have a little prayer break. Does anybody ever need prayer breaks during the day? I need about 20 a day, all right? Sometimes more. But whenever I begin to realize that I need to take a quick praise break or a prayer break or just pray in the spirit is when I begin to feel the environment and the atmosphere begin to influence me and me not influence it. It's when I begin to feel how now instead of me having the authority and influencing what's around me and the environment around me, it feels like things are crushing around me. And it feels like when I walk into an atmosphere that's deflated, I become deflated. When I walk into an atmosphere that is stressful, I become stressful. When I walk into an atmosphere that that is fearful, I become fearful. I take that as a sign. I say, oh no, I need to go and I need to take a prayer break because I'm called to walk in authority. I'm called to walk into a place, into a room, into an environment, and not let that environment influence me, but me influence that environment. I'm called to walk into a room that's full of fear, that is full of anxiety. I'm called to walk into that room, and all of a sudden, there is peace. All of a sudden, people are saying, you know what, maybe things aren't falling apart. That's how we know we're walking in authority. That's how we know we are walking in alignment with Jesus. Because if you study the life of Jesus, he was an atmosphere, environment changer. There would be times when people would be freaking out. Jesus walks in, they're like, oh, changes everything. Let us be the solution and not the problem. Let us be part of the solution and not part of the problem. When we walk into an atmosphere, not let's not let bring more stress and worry and anxiety and drama. Come on, help us, Jesus. Let us walk into that environment and that atmosphere and bring peace, bring confidence, bring joy, bring love. Then when you walk into that and you walk into that family dinner and everybody's gossiping, everybody's complaining, you walk in, be like, Man, I've had a great day today. Jesus has did this awesome thing for me right and you begin to change the environment that's what we're called to do so it says in john 16 23 john 16 23 jesus says and this is him near the end of his ministry he says and in that day you will ask Mean nothing. Most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, everybody say my name, name. He will give you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name, but ask and you receive, that your joy may be full. See, when we walk in the name and the authority of our King, which is Jesus, when we walk in the understanding of the authority that is in that name. Whatever we ask in that name, it will come to pass. When we begin to recognize and be intentional about the power and the authority that's in the name of Jesus, I'm telling you, it will change your life. I think sometimes just because it's humanity, right, people, especially the world, right, they try to water down the name of Jesus, right, and almost to the point where you will watch a movie or a TV show, and they will take the name of Jesus in vain and make the name of Jesus as a point of almost complaint than giving God glory and praise, right? And they use it, and they begin to twist it, and they begin to water down the authority that is in the name of Jesus. But if we as his children and as his followers recognize the authority and the power that is in that name, and begin to recognize that the name of Jesus is truly above every other name. That the name of Jesus truly is the focal point of our authority. If we recognize that, when we begin to speak it and use it, things will change. Yeah. Yeah. Scripture said in the sons of Skiba, right, they knew the name of, they, they, they heard the name of Jesus, but they didn't speak it from the, from the revelation or in the alignment with him. And when they said, "Hey, I cast you out in the the name of Jesus," that Paul preaches, what happened? That spirit, right, said, "I know Jesus, I know, I know Paul, but I don't know you." And what the funny thing is, Scripture says that they, that that spirit beat him up and said they ran out naked. So I don't know what happened, but I learned a lesson. I'm using the name of Jesus. I'm not using it just because I I think it's cool. I'm not using it in vain. I'm using it because I know the the power, the authority. I know that the name of Jesus is what I use to see the power come into fruition that God has. We have to hold the name of Jesus in high reverence. And the next level of that army of God, next one is angels. Everybody say angels. Angels. Now, I wanted to add this because in, well, first let me go to Scripture. Hebrews 1.14 says this. It says, therefore, angels are only servants. Everybody say servants. Spirits sent to care for people who will inherit salvation. That's you and I. Because sometimes people can get confused and think that they are beneath angels, that we are beneath angels and that, and that we are not in the place of authority, but actually When we begin to walk and align ourselves in the authority in the name of Jesus, angels will begin to go to their post. Angels will begin to follow along with the authority that we speak. Angels will begin to align with what we begin to speak, what we begin to say. Sometimes I pray it like this. I say, angels, go to your post in the name of Jesus. Right? I begin to speak it to where whatever that might be on our side, I want to make sure that we have the authority to begin to speak for all of God's instruments, all of God's really, everything that he's given us to our benefit, I don't want to leave it behind. But I want to walk in the authority. I want to walk in so much authority that we have in the name of Jesus that whenever we speak, angels begin to go. That whenever we begin begin to speak, all of a sudden, things begin to shift, right? Because we have to speak it in authority. Well, I, got, I got to move on, I got to move on. The last and final part of that pyramid is the earth and all creeping things we get that from Genesis 1 26 Genesis 1 26 says this then God said let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion everybody say dominion Dominion. over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air and over the cattle over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth So we were created to walk in that authority, and we were created to walk in that dominion. We were created to walk in that authority and to walk in that dominion. I think that's the reason why the enemy tries to attack our confidence so much, because he knows what we're capable of. He knows what we're created for. He wasn't created for authority or dominion. We were created for authority and dominion. That's why the enemy is so jealous of you because he can never have access to what you do. And when God said, Let them have a dominion over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, I believe you can do your own study, but I believe he was talking about any foul spirit, he was talking about any spirit of infirmity, any spirit that tries to mess with you. I believe that's who he was talking about. Otherwise, he would have included it when he said the birds of the air and all that. He would have included it there. But after all that, he said, and also everything that creeps on the earth. Because isn't that what the enemy feels like sometimes? Like he says, creeping on you? Like it feels like you can't put your finger on it, but you feel like something's working against you? We have the, the authority and dominion over that. We can say in the name of Jesus, go. And if we're aligned with him, it will go. We can say, in the name of Jesus, spirit of depression, go, and we're in line with him, that depression will go. We can say, in the name of Jesus, that spirit of addiction, go, and guess what? It will go. Why? Because we have authority. We have that authority given to us by Jesus. See, in the same way that the centurion had authority because he was submitted to his king Caesar, You and I have authority because we are submitted to our king, Jesus. In the same way that the centurion had authority because he was submitted to his king, you and I have authority because we're submitted to our king. And the power that we have is far greater than what Caesar could ever provide. The authority that we have is far greater than what the Roman army could ever have. What we have, the authority that we have in the name of Jesus, can quite literally bring things that thought were dead back alive again, can bring sickness to health, can bring things that were broken, mended, because Jesus has all that authority. But we have to be submitted. Everybody say submit. We have to be submitted to his authority first, and that's point for for tonight, is that Jesus supplies authority when we submit to his authority. Jesus supplies authority when we submit. Come on, one more time. Everybody say submit. When we submit to his authority. That is why it is so important for us to make sure that we're always in submittance and surrenderance to Jesus. Because imagine this. I like to think of these things sometimes. Imagine, because this is where people make the mistake, imagine if that centurion rebelled against Caesar, but then expected to have that same authority that he used to have. It wouldn't be there, right? Because now he's no longer submitted to Caesar, so therefore he no longer has the authority that he used to have. See, what some people try to do is that they want the authority They want the power, but they don't want the principles. We we want the authority of God, but we don't want to submit to the values of God. We, we, We want what God has to offer, but we don't want to submit ourselves to obedience. And then we try to walk in authority, and then we wonder why. The enemy says, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know but who are you because we're not in alignment we're not in submittance we're not we haven't we're not in the right place we're not in order if we look at that pyramid we're out of it why because we, we've, we stepped outside of what God has asked us to do and in the same way if somebody rebelled against Caesar Caesar wouldn't then return his authority to them in the same way if we rebel against God God cannot then give us his power and authority that's why before I ever try to make sure, and we talk about this, this I guess Haley left, I, I was about to look at her. I guess you know, before we ever do anything as a family and begin to speak in authority over our life, we say, let's make sure we are fully submitted to his authority first. And we worship and we praise and we begin to go deeper in his presence and we begin to align and submit ourselves. Because in the end, that's where our authority comes from. Because in the end, if we try to do any part of this life Without Jesus, we're not going to have the power of Jesus. We have to submit to him. That's why each and every day, if there's one goal we should have, is say, am I fully submitted to you today, Jesus? Jesus, let me fully submit my will to your will. Let me fully, let me fully surrender myself to you. Let me make sure that I am fully under your authority, because if I want to walk in authority, I first got to make sure I am under authority if I'm going to begin to change my atmosphere and the environment around me, if I'm beginning to see my family begin to change, if I will begin to see my marriage be restored, if I'm going to begin to see what was broken be mended, I need to make sure I'm under the right authority. Because if I'm just under my own authority, who knows, people don't have much authority. But when we're under the power of Jesus, come on, feel his presence right now. When we are under the authority of Jesus, and not worry about trying to have it all figured out, not worried about trying to see how we can begin to have a strategy and and begin to see how we can, on our own, change what is going wrong. But if we say, before all of that, God, let me submit to you. God, let me submit to your authority. We'll begin to see his authority take place in our life. Can you stand to your feet? I'm closing tonight. I'm closing tonight. I want to end with this scripture in Matthew 17. In Matthew 17, this is a context is that while Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration, his disciples began to try to cast out demons and, and begin to walk in authority. But for some reason, they, they couldn't cast that demon out to then Jesus came down the mountain, and he cast out that demon in a moment. And that's where we pick up in verse 19. It says, then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, it's because of your unbelief. For assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed. You will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing, everybody say nothing. Nothing will be impossible for you. But this is what I want to focus on in verse 21. He said, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. You know, I've read that scripture many times, and, and if you're not careful, you can almost look at it through a religious perspective and saying, well, maybe... This isn't working out that I want and I'm praying for because I fasted two weeks ago, so I need to fast now. And, and then if I fast now, maybe I can do this. And then we, we, we begin to try to formulate and strategize and religiousify what Jesus was trying to say. Because all prayer and fasting does is submit us to his will. See, prayer and fasting, spending time with Jesus, beginning to go deeper in his presence. Because if we take on the perspective of this, and, and sometimes I can slip in this perspective, but it totally changes my prayer life when I look at it differently. Instead of me going into a time of prayer and fasting of saying, I'm going to go into this time and I'm going to get more of Jesus. I'm going to and fast and I'm going to get more of Jesus. But then I got convicted because Jesus was saying, you have all of me. When you're filled up with the Spirit of God, you have all of me. He's not trying to just, right, hold back, right, but in that moment. So then I begin to think, well, what if that's not about us getting more of Jesus, but what if prayer and fasting is about Jesus getting more of us and having that perspective? And when I begin to have that perspective, my prayers begin to change. So instead of me saying, God, I, Jesus, I need to have more of you in this area. I need more of you in that area. God, I need you. And, a bit, and if you're not careful, you begin to try to align Jesus with your will. And you begin to try to align God with how you want things to be done. But instead you said, Jesus, I want you to have more of me. Not my will, but your will be done. And I won't begin to submit myself to your authority and whatever you want to do it will be done whatever you want to take me I will be obedient I want to submit myself to your authority and when we begin to do that how Jesus said some things don't happen by prayer and fasting I believe what he was saying is some things won't happen unless you are fully submitted to my authority and that only happens to us prayer and fasting and worshiping and spending time in his presence That only happens by us to begin to set down our will and pick up his. That only happens as we begin to to press into the presence of God and begin to say, Jesus, you can have more of me. And begin to put down anything that we are trying to pick up and just begin to give all of ourselves to Jesus. And when we do that, we begin to align ourselves with him. I want to close with this thought. So that we can apply... Our authority. Everybody say authority. When we are aligned. Everybody say aligned. When we are aligned with Jesus. We can only apply our authority when we are aligned with Jesus. If we are out of alignment, then we will be outside of his authority. If we are out of alignment with him, then we won't be able to walk in the authority that he has. But when we are aligned with Jesus, when we make sure that we are spending time in prayer, in worship, and in his presence, because there's no way around it. The only way to align ourselves is to spend time with him. It's the only way to align ourselves with him is to spend time with him. In this moment, let's just begin to stir up the atmosphere. Jesus, we welcome you into this place. And if there's anything that needs to be aligned, God, right now, align it, Father, right now with your authority. Father, we pray right now, God, if there's anything, God, that is outside of, Father, what you have asked us to do right now, begin to align, God. Right now, Father, we begin, God, to put down our will and pick up yours. Father, right now, we pray, God, if we're struggling, God, to find, God, consistent results in prayer. God, if we're struggling to find, to have that foothold of authority, to see things begin to leave and flee our family that doesn't belong, God, right now we begin to align ourselves. And we kick out anything that doesn't belong. We kick out anything, God, that is not in correct alignment with you. But, Father, right now we pray that if anything, God, any kind of curse, any kind of lie, any kind of depression, any foul spirit, we say in the name of Jesus, it must go. We say in the authority and the name of jesus that it must go father we pray right now god if there's any kind of sickness any disease if there's any kind of insecurities god that we are dealing with father right now god we walk in our authority we align ourselves with you we begin to submit ourselves god under your authority and we say all things that don't come from you it must go it must flee it must be taken away from this place God, as we begin, God, to press in into your presence, Father, we thank you right now that, that there is nothing impossible for you, but you have all authority. All authority is in the name of Jesus. All authority, God, comes from above. All authority, God, comes from your name, comes from your power, and it will begin to alter the atmosphere. Father, we press into that. Come on, with every hand lifted, let's just press in right now to the atmosphere. Press in right now to his presence. Press in right now. Begin to align yourself. Begin to picture yourself aligning with his authority. And then begin to walk in the authority that he has for you. Come on, let's sing together. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend.